Welcome to episode 109 on The Herpreneur Show. Today we have author of Step Into the Spotlight, Nicola Morass. Welcome to The Herpreneur Show, where we talk women, business, life. I am your host, Annette Lakovich. I'm an entrepreneur, businesswoman, mum, and I'm a fitness fanatic who loves to dance. What I also love to do is help you reach your fullest potential in business, health, and happiness. Join me as I bring you life-changing interviews, world-class education that helps you continue to up-level your next stage in greatness. It's your time to shine. Let's do it. If you ever have imposter syndrome, you continually hold yourself back from being really you and putting yourself out there for marketing, you have some type of comparison syndrome, then this is probably the interview for you to listen to today. Today we have Nicola Morass, who helps you become your rock star in your industry, helping you really step into the spotlight. She has two books under her belt, one called Visible and one Into the Spotlight, which we go over today. And It's going to really help you have an insight in how you can really work on your own personal branding. I also drop a bombshell. I share a secret I have not mentioned publicly at all for a year and a half, and it's about me in business and what's been happening with me behind the scenes and maybe why you have not been seeing me go hard with my Facebook marketing. So you'll listen to that and you'll understand why and what's been going on with me personally and professionally. Now, just a heads up, there's a couple of little F-bombs in this one. So just in case you're driving the car with the kids, maybe hold back. Not that we've got full profanity all the way through it, but just a couple just dropped out there. Uh, anyway, guys, let's get into the show. Nicola Morales, she is one cool looking chick. I tell you what, seriously looks like a rock star. Enjoy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Now, you look like some type of a rock chick. (laughs) (laughs) We will be friends forever. (laughs) Do you have like a music background or uh, or you just got that look? That's a great question. Uh, I I do, but it's violin and clarinet, so it's not quite. It's not exactly like, you know, rock on stage material. Um, I do think Gwen Stefani is the Bob Diggity though. So, <laughs> you know. I totally agree with you there. Got a channeling a little bit of Gwen and, you know, I, I do. I, it's funny that you ask that actually because I am a huge fan of music but also how it kind of plays into everything and the, the metaphors with, with what I use and things like yeah. that. So it's just kind of like this this natural kind of fit and you'd be very surprised to know that I've been performing all my life. So just not music. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would love to start with just letting everybody know where are you in this beautiful planet? Where do you reside? Where do you work? Let's get a bit of a snapshot. Well, if you imagine that we're in the smack bang middle of nowhere, that's where I am. (laughs) So I am right yeah, 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 really. In the, I live in country Victoria, right at the very, very top of the state where New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia meet. So I live in a town called Mildura. We've got a bustling population of maybe 35,000 people wow. in, our, in our town and about 70,000 in the greater region. So 
middle of nowhere, been working online for more than a decade. (laughs) I would love to get some backstory. You've got this book out. I would love to, though, before we go into the book, tell us about your backstory. What brought you to where you are today? Give us a bit of an insight. I worked for Westpac for 12 years. And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Starting there at the, the tender age of 19 and worked my way up the corporate ladder as you do and always, always was looking for more, always was looking for a way to, to better myself, build better relationships with customers and clients and things like that. And it got to the point in my corporate career where, like lots of people find this, I think, where I, I was doing home loans for people. And living in the middle of nowhere, we've got, I'm not sure how many of our listeners are familiar with small country towns, but we've got a bank that's next door to a bank, that's next door to a bank, that's next door to a bank, that's next door to a credit union, that's around the corner from a bank and another credit union and another satellite branch. So, and then we've got the brokers, like don't even talk about the brokerage and, and things like that. So in order for me to get clients, I knew that I had to stand out amongst every other home finance manager or or home loan officer in this town. And so I was putting on home first buyers information nights. I was building uh, strategic alliances with real estate agents and conveyances and things like that and doing investment property seminars and this type of thing. But I wanted to do more of that. And you know what happens in corporate. They're like, oh, no, that won't get past legal or, no, we can't have you doing too much. And a friend of mine at around the time, so we're talking about 2009, had been made redundant from the bank, moved to Melbourne, completed a life coaching course and learned to be a stylist and all this type of thing. And I was like, hmm, I think I need to come down and visit you. So caught the plane down to Melbourne, walked off the plane and she's standing there and you you know these people that have just got this glow about them and you're like, what is going on here? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was like, you look amazing. And if I hadn't known any better, I would have thought that there was a new man on the scene. I was like, I don't know what's happening. So puncture for all of the information, trained to be a style and branding coach, came back here and really wanted to, you know, just like build the business on the side of my corporate career because I wasn't looking at leaving. But then the tension between trying to do the side hustle and trying to manage corporate and not getting along with my manager and not being allowed to do the things that I wanted to do and not being able to, you know, grow and grow and grow. I've kind of got to the point where I dropped my, my kids off. I, I've got three children and they'd been dropped off at school and childcare. And I remember sitting in the car at a roundabout. This is the town of many roundabouts. I just remember gripping the steering wheel so tightly. I was so frustrated. I was getting to work early and I, I just, I yelled, like I literally yelled at the top of my voice, this is enough now. <laughs> Give me a sign. Give me a fucking sign. What is it that I am supposed to do? Yeah, and you know things are bad when you ask for the sign. That's it, <sighs> you know. Like <laughs> it was just, it was untenable. So I, I rolled into work and I applied for a career break, which was promptly declined. And I've gone right. Well, I quit after twelve years. Just I'm, I'm out of here. Let's let's go. And. I've been doing this ever since. So I started off with branding and that translated, you know, into marketing and personal brand and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And here we are 11 years later. 
Gosh. You've got a book out, Into the Spotlight. What made you write it? Was there a burning desire? Were you getting peed off with the information that was out there? Do you wish that you had it? Take us through what made you bite the bullet and do it yourself. I wrote another book pre pre that called Visible and I wrote that in 2018. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the one that I wrote because I was pissed off with the industry. (laughs) And and just really, this happens across the board where, you know, something all of a sudden becomes really trendy and everybody jumps on. And I was really angered at the really horrible advice that had been, being put out there at the time and I was like look you know I've been doing this for a really long time now you should be able to get a return on investment from social media putting up posts isn't enough just going and having a fancy branding shoot's not enough you know going paying for PR is not enough it's just you know it just it it made me so angry and that was why I wrote visible Mm. and then as happens I, I wrote that and maybe three or four months later it was a different sort of thought process that started to kick in. I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I wish I'd written about this and I wish I'd put that in here and I wish I'd put that in here and now that I know what I know now and then Into the Spotlight just fell out of me. Yeah, wow. And I had the plan. I wrote the plan on a plane trip actually over to the US. It was just like bang, 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 bang. And there it was. So I love that you actually touched on something which is really important. There's a big difference to being visible and being out there on social media to actually running a proper business and making money, right? Mm, 100%. So let's go down that avenue because yeah, cool. this is a really important message. I remember speaking to a hairdresser once and she was saying, a lady over here in Perth and she has nearly a million followers, like 600 and not nearly a million, she's like 600 and something thousand. Yeah. But she knows her personally and she knows that she's not monetizing it. Yeah. And that's the important thing. So let's go into that. How does your book educate on that so women know that it's not just about getting the spotlight, it's like how do we make money from this? Because we want to do what we do. We want to make money doing what we love as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and you, you've hit it on the head, you know, the the number of followers don't actually matter. It's a really, it, it is so nice from a vanity metric perspective to say, oh, I've got like 25,000 people who follow me. I've got 600,000 people who are my fans and whatever. But if you're not making money, then, you know, what the heck. But also if you're if you're not building relationships with those people, if you're not, if they're not even the right people, because I mean, yes. you and I know, yes. we can you. go, <laughs> right? We can go, there's websites out there. We, we can go, let's buy 10,000 fans and you just go buy the 10,000 fans or 100,000 fans and you pay whatever and you've got people from all over the world that will be following you and it doesn't mean diddly squat. It doesn't mean you've got money in your bank. You're right. It's not the quantity of the followers, it's the, it's the quality of them and you might have people that are fans of you, fans of what you say, what you do, but maybe they're not going to be potential customers as well. So exactly. what are some tips that um, the ladies can do to help, one, build that relationship and two obviously ideas on you know how do we move them across and build that database because we don't want them yeah on on the social platforms given what's happening at the moment with everything being shut down 
Well, it's it's really t- it's a really timely conversation, actually, isn't it? Given that you know pages are just like <laughs> like going at the drop of a hat, yeah. or you're just getting cancelled. Or like I saw a woman in the UK whose group of thirty two thousand people got shut down because Facebook decided that they didn't like a particular post that went up in that group. Yeah, you know we can't afford to rely on any one platform in terms of being able to communicate with our audience. My first piece of core advice, regardless of whether you're a brand new startup, whether you've been in the game for a while or whether you're looking at reinventing yourself and like like kicking up to that next level is you've got to, oh, it always comes back to mindset first and foremost. And, you know, being really confident in who you are and what, what it is that you really want to do. Mm. Because, I mean, you and I have been in the game for long enough, we've seen people come in and go out and come in and come out and go, oh, that'll be really quick and easy to make money. Let's just go try that. And it doesn't, if you're not passionate about it and if it's not something that you're excited about, you're not going to have the longevity. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) that's the first, that's the first thing. Sorry, what was that? I said agree, agree. Yeah. Because it's on those hard days, it's the passion that's going to push you through. Otherwise you're not. Yeah, and the grit. (laughs) You know, it's like. There's some days and, you know, I know I'm not, I'm not every successful person I've, I've spoken yeah. to will say the same thing. It's, it's a bit like a good marriage, you know. There'll be days when you love your partner. There'll be days when you <laughs> freaking hate your partner. There's days where passion just ain't enough. Oh, no. You've got to have that grit, mm. right, you know, to kind of like dig in. And so it all, everything has to start with you. And, you know, that very famous saying, start with why. Uh, thank you, Simon Sinek. Um, so if you know why you're doing what you're doing, then it makes it makes the rest and, and the, the stuff that you might not like, particularly social media, it, it makes it a means to an end versus it being a huge part without a payoff. Yes. You know, so that's the first thing. Mm, yeah. And um, full disclosure, I got shut down a year and a half ago from marketing. Cannot. Ah. Cannot market. And it was, and I am a spotlight person. I run events. I, yeah. I I like to market my show. I and I got shut down. I got personally banned and my business got banned from doing wow. one post saying, learn to sell like a woman, not like a man. <laughs> and what I was saying, and oh I had God. And look, I had a feeling I was pushing the boundaries I really I thought I'm pushing the mm. boundaries but I wanted to really just help women understand we've got this beautiful ability of communicating mm. we've got 62 places of communication in our brain to commit to a man yeah. and we've got this thing called corpus callosum and it's like it's the transmitters we've got they're, they're thicker they're faster and so yeah. it's actually more of a science-based an education base about how not to be scared of selling because selling is just the, the thing that we're born with. We're, we're a natural community. Yeah. Anyway, so it got shut down. And oh, I, I'm so sorry. That, that had been, it was, it was a really, really tough moment and mm. they would not negotiate. They would not lift it at all. So Crazy. Yeah, so now... I've been studying the last few months how to get a new profile without being mm. banned, and I can say this now because I'm on my show. I can't even yeah. talk about it on social media because 
because you're banned. (laughs) So what I'm doing now at the moment is I'm being behind the scenes, Mm. which kills me. But, you know, the great thing is my husband and I have built a seven-figure business very quickly, right, really quickly because we've joined forces. So he's in the limelight. I'm in the back (laughs) doing all the other stuff. And the podcast is the only thing that helps me Mm. stay in the spotlight right now, except with our clients when we do our events. So we meet on his page for the events. But um, the reason why I'm saying that is, that you were saying to reinvent yourself or starting again. Mm. And yeah. we have these vanity metrics. And for me, I've got to go back to square one. You know, I've got mm. to go back to zero followers. It's like, oh, and it's just, it's <laughs> it's like you're saying, it's the grit of going, yeah. I've done this before, I can do it again. And maybe, 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 maybe I can do it even better this time. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I remember a, a very, I can't remember who said it, but the thing that I've always had in my head from, you know, th- particularly through the tough times really early on was if you know how to market and you know how to sell, you're fine. Yeah. You can lose everything, and mm-hmm. I mean, which we don't advocate for because that would suck, you know, particularly using your social media stuff. But if you know how to market and you know how to sell, then you're totally fine. Yeah. And, you know, what's really... I guess like what's really timely and really important is around getting the people who are following you. You you don't have a moment to waste. You have to get them over onto an email list. You've got to have diversification in terms of of where you show up and how you show up and making sure that you've always got those calls to action where, you know, give them them an e-book or a guide or a webinar or, you know, sales training, you know, whatever it happens to be, something that solves a problem for like for your listeners it solves a problem for their audiences mm-hmm. and get them on the email list and the worst that happens is they unsubscribe and that's okay yeah. but because they weren't least, going to any they, they weren't going to buy <laughs> yeah, that's right exactly but you know it means that you're not at the mercy of the, the zucker gods or the, the twitterverse yeah. or mm-hmm. you know whatever where you've still got the ability to communicate so it's a a dual strategy. It's not an either or. Give us some pointers. Um, if the ladies would get your book into the spotlight, what are some things you think are some key things for them to really learn and embrace? Oh my gosh. Great, great question. The first, the first big thing that nearly every woman that I talk to, I'm just trying to think if there's an exception and I can't even think of an exception says to me that they get worried about the competition, they worry about standing out, they get struck down by imposter syndrome, they feel like they should have more qualifications and, you know, I've been there and, you know, all of this stuff. And and the best thing that I can suggest the first thing to do is to actually just sit down and document your badassery, (laughs) but document your experience, like, Write out the qualifications. Do it in in five-year chunks. What did you do between the ages of 15 and 20? What were you doing between the ages of 20 and 25? And, you know, right up to however old you are now. And I can guarantee, absolutely guarantee, that you have more life experience than you give yourself credit for. Mm -hmm. You've got more education experience that you give yourself credit for and more work experience that you give yourself credit for. So anything that you want to do, 
you've already got enough experience, you're already qualified enough, unless you want to be a brain surgeon and then maybe go back and do another degree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I did some work with um, Ali Brown over in the States and I remember her saying, if you ever start to have doubts about yourself, just read your bio. And that's what you're saying, like go back and do the timeline of where you've come from. Definitely going to pick you up for yeah. sure. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, we're, we're all really excellent at, at generalizing, distorting and deleting, right? So yeah. it's like, oh, everybody's got these qualifications or everybody's got this experience. Nuh-uh, girlfriend, they don't. And then we forget, we distort our own timeline of, of what we've done. We forget certifications. We forget the things that we've learned along the way and, and all of that. And then other things we just plain delete out of our brain. Like yeah. it's like it never even happened. Because you talk about imposter syndrome, but you actually said something else there, which is comparison. What I love about what I've seen in your book is comparison is the breeding ground for imposter syndrome. I loved that little comment. Can we go a little bit deeper with the comparison side of things? Yeah. I mean, for example, if... If I wasn't certain in who I am, what I do, my experience and everything else, Mm -hmm. getting an invitation to be on here, I could go, oh, my gosh, Uh, like I've I've seen Anna online, I've seen her do all of this amazing stuff, I know she's married to Pierre, like you've got all of this stuff, oh, my God, Uh, you know, what if I don't measure up, what if she doesn't like me, you know, what if, 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 and we blow it up to be... This big massive, like ridiculous. You turn up shitting yourself for the interview, <laughs> right? And then, I, <laughs> you know, so like we do this, we do this all the time. But, but in in business, it doesn't matter what your peers are doing. Like who gives a shit what your peers think? I mean, it's nice to be liked from an ego perspective. It's fantastic. And, you know, yeah. in, in my heart of hearts, I want you to like me. But at the end of the day, what really matters is how you're seen in the eyes of your audience. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter about our peers. It doesn't matter about anyone else. Because even if you and I were selling exactly the same thing, yeah. we had exactly the same number of followers, we could have exactly the same audience, we could be mm-hmm. each be doing a podcast talking about exactly the same stuff, without fail, there are people who will love you more than what they will me. Yeah. And there will be people who love me more than they love you because yeah. it's, for the same reason your husband loves you and not some other amazing human walking the planet, right? It's, yeah. it's about you. Mm. And, yeah, comparisonitis does breed imposter syndrome, but when we actually take a look at why, it's like, well, you can either let that rule you or you can go, well, actually, I'm pretty yeah. freaking amazing and get on with the job at hand. This is the thing as well. If you start to compare, you're stepping away from what your true authenticity is in the way that if you're trying to compare, then is it you're trying to be like everybody else? And then how do we separate that difference? So for me, I do love to bring music onto stage. For me, Mm. I'm not your normal sales trainer. I, I like put raps together for whatever is happening on that day. The audience, you know, contribute, we dance because music is a part yeah. of me, but I know that not everybody can rap <laughs> and I know not yeah. everybody is musical as me. But that's yeah. the 
certificates that I bring to my events and my sales training. Um, we're yeah. a beautiful friend called Yvonne and Yvonne Hilt's, you know, incredible sales trainer again, but then brings, you know, so much other stuff to the, to the, to the platform. Yeah. But, you know, we can run events together or be in competition, but at the end of the day, like you're saying, we have this, we, we've got a great friendship, even though we do exactly the same mm. things, we serve our clients in a different way because we, it's what yeah. we do and how we deliver it. Yeah. And I, and I think that you're exactly right. But I think the other thing is, is that people get worried. Like this idea of comparison and imposter syndrome comes back down to competition. Yeah. And in my view of the world, and I mean, for a lot of people, if we go, you know what, if you line up all of the all of the people in, in your industry next to each other, mm-hmm. and you you like you're like you're awesome and you're awesome and you're like you're all yeah. lined up next to each other, the thing for small business owners who are maybe just starting out or just getting underway or just you know kind of a couple of years in and and ready to sort of kick things up, you only need eighty three people a year paying you six thousand dollars over the course of the year to make half a million bucks. There you go. You can't tell me there's not enough money to go around. Yeah. You can't tell me that you have 83 people and you have 83 people mm-hmm. and we'd be like Oprah and we're just like, right. you get 83 <laughs> and you get 83 and you get 83. You know, yeah. there's, there's people, they, they get caught up in scarcity and it's yeah. just like just flick it on its head and be, you know, come back to reality. Yeah, love that. We were talking about vanity metrics, and I do want to go into one more vanity metrics, which is the measurements of likes, loves, and comments, because this is also (laughs) one thing that, so for me, when I said that, you know, I got banned from marketing from Facebook, I couldn't believe the difference in the lack of organic reach. Mm. So, you know, if we post a video, you know, I might start off with, 230 something you know people within a couple of hours and Mm -hmm. then by the end of the week it might have a thousand views Mm -hmm. we would be pushing it pushing it pushing it now to get to 30 views yeah because of this so then I just said to JM who's my assistant I just said we're just going to stop at the moment I'm not feeding anything out there I'm just going to keep everything For the Facebook side, Instagram's fine because Instagram has been mm. touched, even though they're integrated. It's still, yeah, it's still not touched. It's, it's yeah. So, but you know, for me, even though I teach, it's not about the likes. It's not about the views. <laughs> it was because I was like, shit. I worked so freaking hard to get this message mm. out, and when we were doing these beautiful showreels of you know the best pieces of the podcast for Facebook. Mm. I was like, you know, these are messages I want to hear women hear. So not that it was not about the likes. For me, it was actually about a metric. It was about the views. I wasn't mm. getting the views. So, yep. but hey, ladies, if you're listening, you will see me come back out. We're nearly ready to push play. Yay! <laughs> My new Facebook page. <laughs> um, we're just testing the name right now because we know my name's personally banned. Um, so we're just testing that. But, um, yeah, if you just yeah. let me see that now I have another profile, please come. <laughs> like it and love it like and it. share it. Be my friend. <laughs> no angry faces on anything, no angry emotions. <laughs> like just get, do all the loving. <laughs> so that's why just everyone knows, like, why have I gone quiet on my business Facebook page? It's because of that. It's just mm. 
we're going, okay, we're not feeding anymore. We're going to work in the background and get the next thing ready. But tell us about your experience with likes and views and what your opinion is on it. It kills me every day. <laughs> My ego anyway. The, because it's the same thing, right? It's like if I get caught up in the views or the likes or the shares or even sometimes the comments, it would it would derail me. So my personal philosophy, because I know how it works, right? So my personal philosophy is like, screw it, who cares? Just dig in, do the work and and the rest will follow. So the thing that I know to be true is that most people, I don't have the stats, but I think it's around 70 to 80% of people. I can't show you where that's sourced. So for those of you who need data references, I can't help you. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go find it yourself. But between 70 and 80% of people who follow you will not ever click mm-hmm. like. They will not click comment. They might watch your stuff. But what they do is they sit there and they will scroll. They will go over to your page and they will look at every single thing that you do. And then they'll go over to Instagram and then they'll look at every single thing that you do. And then they'll open your emails and read every single thing that you do. But you might not know that for three years. Yeah. And because, yeah, and that's the thing, like you actually had a comment, which is a Brene Brown comment. I think it's in your bio. Um which isn't the same thing we're talking about, but it sort of links in where you get a lot of people that are happy just to stand back and not yeah. contribute everything. That was the arena. But the, yeah. the, the, the yeah, the um, quote that you mentioned in your bio, which is about Brené Brown, which is, you know, never care when anyone thinks if they're not, in, they're not stepping into the arena with you, which I exactly. love. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's and, and your likes for me, it's your likes do not equal your bank account. Don't equal money. Your exactly. likes won't pay the bills. Yeah. Your comments won't pay the bills. The thing that you have to do, and the reason that, that we need you to be creating content is so that you've got <laughs> so that you've got things for people to stalk you with <laughs> so that they can go through, like legally stalking, not like peeping Tom stalking. But you know, like having the ability to go through and get to know you. And so like, you've got to have the variety of posts, the lifestyle stuff, the business stuff, the call to action stuff, a bit about your family, like your, your hobbies, the tea you drink, like whatever the heck it is that you, that's important to you and you love because it demonstrates your values to them. Mm. And I mean, I've had people literally tell me, Nicola, I've been following you since the start and I laugh and I say, okay, like, when do you think it's the start? because, you know, everybody's got their own idea. And they're like, oh, no, like 2010 curly hair days. I'm like, oh the moment God. you live West Brown. <laughs> <Get out loud. laughs> oh, my God. I'm like, 2010, that's insane. Yeah. And literally I'll say, but you haven't responded to any of my emails. I have never seen your name come yeah. up on my social media. You've never messaged me. And they're like, oh, because it just wasn't the right time or you know, whatever's going on. But then there was this, they, they always say this, and this, if, if you people listening, listen to nothing else except this, I'll be a happy woman. They will say there was one thing that you wrote or there was one thing that you said that grabbed me and I just knew that I had to do this now. Yeah. And that we've all been through it. Right? We've, we've all had coaches. We've all bought a book, bought a program, called, and it's, sometimes it is just that one thing that just suddenly 
it just fires, it just hits either the alignment between you and that person, that deeper level of rapport, deeper level of respect, trust, or like you said, just makes you jump and go, right, that's it, it's time just to, to cut through. We've got women on here that are different types of entrepreneurs. We've got the women that are in the startup phase. We've got women in the growth phase. What would be your best piece of advice that you think for the woman that she's in the trenches at the moment, she's starting out, maybe she's been in business for a year, big piece of advice for her and best piece of advice for the woman that she's in the growth stage? It's the same for oh, both. Yes. <laughs> you need to create more content. <laughs> Content, content, content. Content, content, content. The the, the differentiation here is that for the people starting out, you've got to get your wheels on. Like you've you've got to get started. You've got to to give people a chance to get to know you through what it is that you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. For the person who's been in it for a while, there, there comes a time where you need to start to mature your content so that you're setting yourself up more as a as an authority, as a thought leader, whatever word, whatever language you want to use. But basically you becoming a voice in the market who is certain, who is confident, who really is able to kind of like ratchet up that, that ante. And if you're looking at um, the other people in your industry, you've got to have a way of being able to articulate Mm-hmm. what it is that you do, how it is that you do it, and then explain that in your way. Forget everyone else. Yeah, love Just it. Find a way to really create that for you. And as we said before, it's the way that you might say it will land completely different to the way that somebody else is going to say it. So they need to hear it in your words. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that you've given the same piece of advice, but it's it's curated for the level that they're at um I remember um Gary Vaynerchuk said maybe two years ago like you've just got to be like your own content production company yeah for me it was like yes (laughs) but be smart about it right you know I love Gary V like to do as well like where (laughs) you like like for me I love camera and I love talking Mm. For someone else, they might be more of a behind the scenes. They might be a typer. They might, you know, like to do the story behind blogs and that. So I think it's also finding the right content that really, you know, you can, as you said before, you know, do the miles, <laughs> go the distance. Yeah. But being smart and being efficient about it. You know, I I love Gary Vee. Love him. Love him. Think he's done brilliant things for this industry. But I don't know anyone who has the time or the energy or the inclination to be still DMing people at two o'clock in the morning and then getting up at four a.m. to start it all again. I'm like fuck that. But um, what I think is really smart to do is to create one core key piece of content, whether it's video, whether it's written, whether it's podcast, whatever, and then repurpose it repurpose it split it up do do more things with it than just just that one piece tell them what repurposing is for the ones that have just stepped in hi repurposing (laughs) me yeah so if we're recording an audio for the podcast you're also recording video so that you can use it now if you were to do this for yourself talking to the audience I'm not preaching to the choir, (laughs) for the audience, you can split that up into little tiny pieces of content that you can put out there. You can have it transcribed and pull quotes out. You can create picture quotes. You can do graphics. You can do little sound grabs. 
you can go and do a bazillion yeah. being the statistical number, uh, different things. Aim, aim to do 10 different things with that one piece of content. That's a great place to start. Mm. And then so it's it's not about reinventing the wheel. It's I, I, I don't want anyone and I wouldn't recommend anyone sits on social media all day, every day creating content because when are you going to <laughs> feed your family? When are you going to serve your clients? When are you going to do anything else that you that you have to do in small business? So just be smart and efficient and effective mm. with the way that you're reusing and and chopping up. You have that message, but that message might sound different, like the written word's different to the spoken word. The way you actually deliver it differently, you might go, oh, I love what I said there. And as soon as you put that into a blog post or, as you said, into a quote, like it's just, it just creates just a different energy field around it again. So I love totally. that repurposing. Um, now, I did stalk you on. <gasps> but you didn't email me or comment and on anything. I saw <laughs> that you and your partner mm-hmm. would like to work out. You, you said about your legs, something about yeah. your leg day, like, <laughs> leg day today. Dolls, it like it was <laughs> delayed onset muscle soreness for anyone that doesn't know what DOMS is. I've got DOMS My husband's today. also called DOM, which is wildly hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually got DOMS today from pole dancing. I'm, oh, I went to the gym today and I was like, wow, I'm just doing the bike because my body needs to yeah. recover. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is it that you do on a very regular basis that you know when you do it, it snaps you back into that happiest version of you? Like the kids can't get you to that level of happiness. It's something that just electrifies you and sets you alive. What would it be? Roller derby. (laughs) Is that that roller skating in in competitions? Like tell me more. What is it there? I'm hitting people. Oh, my God. So it is the most fun, best thing on the planet ever. Full stop, no returns. Uh, What I love about it, in 2013, I was asked by a mentor, so, Nicola, what do you do for fun? And I said, what? (laughs) I have three children and I have a business and and I'm married. My business is fun. My business is fun. That was exactly my response. When I do events, it's fun. (laughs) 100%. That was exactly my response. And, like, I was challenged because I said, oh, well, you know, I have a massage maybe twice a year. (laughs) That's pretty fun. (laughs) So it was suggested that perhaps I needed a hobby. And I I remember starting, like, going to my very, very first uh, roller derby class, which is just a roller skating class because we weren't hitting people at the first class in. And it was awesome because I couldn't think of anything other than what I was doing. Otherwise, I'd fall over and hurt myself and that sucks. So, like, roller derby hands down, you've got to be present. You've got to be... Agile, like, which is why we work out every day. Is, I did not know it was a sport here. I'm laughing because, yeah. like, I saw the movie with, is it, um, what's her name, Barrymore? Oh, we had Whippet, um, Birds of Prey had some roller derby oh, in it. Whippet, Whippet. Whippet. Mm. Like, it looks full on. 
It is full on. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and like, is it like a bit of rough and tumble like when you're <laughs> trying to get past? Like, yeah, absolutely. It's really funny, like the way that the sport sort of evolved in the last. Well, I've, I've been skating since 2013. And the way it's evolved, it's a lot less uh, whip it, you know, just go along and, you know, hit a bitch. It's a bit bit more athletic, a bit more strategic, and it's just, it is just so good. So you've got four people that try and stop the the point scorer from getting past so sometimes you have to hit them sometimes you've got to be agile to kind of like skate around them or you know juke and it's yeah that is phenomenal (laughs) my day nicola that is (laughs) i have not seen a video of you on your instagram page when i was stalking you yesterday for this interview do you have a video of it (laughs) Uh, well, no, because we've had we've been in COVID, oh, so we haven't course. actually haven't skated competitively since like today oh last gosh. year, the sixteenth wow. of March last year. That is so cool! What a great way to finish the interview. Uh, <laughs> how can they learn more if they're going? Look, I want to be coached by her, or I want your book. Where's the best place for us to go to continually follow you and stay in contact with you? Social media is always a good place. <laughs> walk your talk um yeah social media is a great place to find me or go to my website which is just nicolamaras.com.au yeah cool and guys we're gonna have the link there anyway so if you scroll below click the link that will take you through to the blog post of today's interview and um, we have all that there but nicola you do events you've got like heaps of stuff that you do so there's ways that Uh they do either mentoring with you or do events What's the event seem like for you in the next year? Are you doing a couple of live ones again or? I've got a live one. Yeah, I I have. I've got an in-person online one happening next week because I was too scared to book interstate travel. But we've got an in-person happening in April on the Gold Coast actually and I'm just, I'm like nearly dying with excitement at the, just at the thought of getting on a plane and being by the beach oh my gosh I can't wait yeah. uh but yeah looking at getting a lot more a lot more in-person stuff happening as as hopefully if the world just remains a little bit settled yes. which would yeah. be nice we've, we've been lucky here in Perth because um we've had Pete and I we found out we've had six <coughs> since COVID six live events <coughs> it's been great but I remember the first event now I'm a very big people person and like there is no boundaries <laughs> So first event back and I'm up and I'm hugging people and shaking their hands and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm breaking all the rules. And there's people (laughs) this time they're probably thinking, holy crap, like she's going to get us in trouble here. Is she sanitised? Yeah. But um, nothing, like for me, nothing compares against the events. Like we Ah. have events. We do, we've got obviously our convert club and we do training every month and we've got live calls that happen every week. We do our Mm. events for them biannually. But, you know, it's it's just different. Like we just love the eye of both live people as much as we love yeah. everyone's faces on the cameras. It's like let's just bring live. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's still great. It's still, it's still look, the convenience of not having to get on a plane and like lug all your crap around, that yeah. part's good. 
absolutely absolutely it's so worth it when you're with people so we really hope that we get events back in the eastern states really soon thank you so much for your time nicola um and appreciate you getting the book out there and being able to really empower these women to really make money in their business not just you know be out there it's like how do we make this so we make money doing what we love and um really you know carve the way so um thank you for all that you do Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yay! You're listening to The Herpreneur Show. I hope you received the inspirational idea, thought, or message that you are meant to hear today. If you love the show, it means a bunch to me sending me a message on Facebook or on iTunes to rate and review the show and subscribe so you're the first to know when the next show's released. Until then, make sure you do something that fills up your level of happiness, something that lifts your vibration so high that you're the happiest person that you know. I'm out.